Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, so what we are going to be doing today is a solo podcast. Uh, I will not have Greg uh, with me. Um, this is simply just something that I've been wanting to do. Uh, I'm going to call it my fireside chats. Um, pretty much because it's going to be full of hot takes. Um, so what we can expect here is it's not going to be anything necessarily fantasy related. Uh, however, what uh, it will be is more or less just the NFL as a whole. So we're going to be talking about football in general, any uh, major news <clears throat> that's going on, uh, we're going to touch on it. Now, if there is a fantasy impact, uh, we will be sure uh, to at least acknowledge it. We won't go too in-depth. Uh, like I said, this is just simply 15 minutes talking about the major uh, issues going on in the league right now. And uh, one thing that we want to do is we want to put out content that the viewers are interested in. Um, and therefore, I think it would be a crime, uh, to be honest, if we don't touch on the Zeke holdout, uh, along with the Melvin Gordon holdout, um, simply because, I mean, it's everywhere. It's all over Twitter. It's all over ESPN. Everywhere you turn, this is what they're talking about. So I thought, you know, it was it would be necessary that we touch on it as well. Now, I think everybody already knows what's going on. Um, Elliot is holding out because he wants more money, obviously, uh, as is Gordon. Now, the difference is um, is Gordon is in his fifth year, uh, so uh, and Zeke is two years left on his contract. Um, the thing is, is that people have been arguing that Zeke doesn't have much leverage. Um, what does he benefit? He still has two years left, and he is, unlike Gordon, he is not requesting a trade. He is not trying to demand a trade. Um, he simply wants to be signed an extension and probably hopes to be the highest paid running back in the league. I have some mixed feelings about this. Um uh, I'm always going to try and be honest with you guys and not just have takes for the sake of having takes. But I am I am truly uh, torn on this situation because I feel two ways. Um, one way I feel that you don't pay running backs big money. Another way that I feel is that uh, running backs get the shaft. Um, they are, you know, run into the ground and then they don't get to make money after their rookie deal that they probably deserved or earned during their first three to five years in the league. Um, in Zeke's instance, so Zeke's holding out. Zeke wants more money. And at first I was very upset uh, to hear this simply because I, I grew up in a household with a father who is a Die hard. And when I say die hard, I mean die hard. Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, and so, you know, I have a soft place in my heart for the Cowboys. Uh, real quick, I don't have a favorite NFL team. I have, I have teams that, you know, I'm soft for. Um, but I just love the NFL as a whole. I just absolutely love the NFL and I love fantasy football. Uh, so I don't have a particular team that I pull for, you know, week in, week out. 
um, depending on the season, that could change. Um, you know, I, I really want to see the Browns do well this year, you know, so I'm, I'm really going to be pulling for the Browns. I'm from Atlanta, so I have a soft place in my heart for the Falcons. And then because, you know, of my father, uh, I root for the Cowboys. I, I loved me some Tony Romo. Uh, so saying that, uh, I was very disappointed to hear when Zeke decided to hold out. Now, um, the reason is because you look at his off-the-field issues. Um, I think there are some maturity concerns here. You have two years left on your deal. Dak hasn't got paid. Uh, you just picked up Amari, who you gave a first-round pick for. He hasn't got paid. You got some guys on the defensive end, young guys, young guys, who have yet to be paid. And you know he's wanting what? 13, 14, 15 million dollars a year, probably once anywhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 40 million guaranteed in a year that they can compete for a Super Bowl. Now, that's his leverage. So, when people say that he doesn't have leverage, they're wrong because I know you know that Zeke and his agent sat down and were like, hey, y'all can compete for a Super Bowl. You have a chance to win a Super Bowl. You're, you're at, you know, your floor as a playoff team. Jerry knows this. Jerry wants to win another Super Bowl. Like I said in the last pod, he wants to win another Super Bowl before he dies. Now, that's, that sounds cold, but, I mean, he's old, so he does. I mean, that's his goal. He hasn't won one in forever. Uh, they've actually been the laughing stock of the league next to the Browns. So, that fact give Zeke leverage because there's, you know, everybody knows the theory that, you know, Dak will go as far as Zeke takes him. So Zeke opens up the play action. He gives Dak more room to make more comfortable throws because there's this perception that, you know, Dak's not the greatest quarterback out there. He's a great game manager. You know, he can make the throws he has to, but he's not going to carry the team. You know, that's at least the perception. Um, knowing this and knowing how good this team is all around defensively, offensively, and how important Zeke is to the offensive scheme, he's saying, hey, pay me. You want to win a Super Bowl? Pay me. It's that simple. I don't think they should. Um, Why? Well, first off, teams have shown that you do not need a um, an elite running back to win Super Bowls. Um, the Pats are a great example. Um, the Eagles are a fantastic example. We're starting to see a lot of teams trend to this running back by committee. Um, the Seahawks are a good example, not of the committee, but simply of they're not too worried about putting elite running backs behind Wilson. They just want guys who are going to, you know, hit the line hard, get four or five yards, pick up a first down occasionally, and catch a couple passes. You know, they're not looking for guys who are going to rush for 150 yards a game, um, put up 18 touch. That's, what that's not what they're looking for, okay? And you can win without Zeke. Um, and the money that they're asking for is outrageous. So, for instance, 
Let's start with Todd Gurley. We know, you know, everybody knows the Rams are not feeling so good about that contract. Four years, $57 million, $14.4 million annually with $45 million guaranteed. How good are they feeling about that contract right now? <clears throat> if I had to guess, if I was putting money on it, they ain't feeling too good about it. Then we look at Le'Veon. Le'Veon just grabbed a deal worth $52.5 million. Four years, thirteen point one two a year. Now, what one could say is that, hey, you know, holding out was a great idea. Look how much money he's getting paid. But what the Steelers showed us was that, hey, we got another guy right behind you. You know, first man up. We got James Conner. He's going to put up numbers. They did miss the playoffs. And I heard somebody say that you can't tell me that with Le'Veon Bell, the Steelers would have missed the playoffs. Yes, I can. You saw what Connor put up. You saw how well he played. And they still did not, not they still did not make the playoffs. So this idea that Bell turns them into, you know, a Super Bowl contender, I think is absurd. Okay. The problem is once the running back position hits that fourth year that fifth year they got about 3,000 carries under their belt now they want money they want you to pay them off what they have shown you the past three to five years but it's nothing but downhill from there we know running backs have a very short lifespan now they do get the shaft i'm not saying that it's fair i'm not saying that it's right but we know the lifespan for a running back in the nfl is limited david johnson three years 39 million well he missed he missed what what was it all of 2017 and last year subpar numbers, but granted, you know, the team's not very good. They did, you know, deal with Josh Rose and everybody's expecting big things from them this year, but you know, they're not feeling great um, about that. And then you have Devonte Freeman who can't stay, who cannot stay on the field. Every time you talk about Devonte Freeman, especially fantasy wise, you always hedge it with, if healthy, if he can stay healthy, Devonte Freeman is a beast. Well, yeah, he signed to five years, $41 million, $8 million a year, and can barely stay on the field. So do not tell me. Oh, and the last one, LaShawn McCoy, five years, $40 million, $8 million a year. Does anybody really think LaShawn McCoy is still an elite running back? No. No, you don't. He fell off. And it's sad. I mean, I love LaShawn McCoy, but it's true. Okay? Um, now, the other side of that. In a way, I do think the Cowboys should pay him. So, in the NFL, your window is only open. For so long. 
And because of this, especially if you're Jerry Jones, it's important to win now. You want to win the Super Bowl. You have the team to do it. I hate saying this, but you don't know how much longer you're going to be around. And I'm not saying that because I know of any particular health concerns. I just know he's old. And that may sound crass, but it's true. But you want to win a Super Bowl. And in my opinion, dropping $50 million, $60 million over four years to win a Super Bowl in 2019, hell, I think that's worth it. I really do think that's worth it. The problem you run into is long-term success. If you pay him this money, is there money left over for Dak, Amari, your defense, your corner, your two linebackers? I don't know. I don't know. But you do win a Super Bowl. And if you don't pay him, the good news about not paying him is you actually get to find out what you have in Dak. So we touched on earlier that, hey, we believe that Dak's success is dependent, dependent upon Zeke. Well, if you don't pay Zeke, you get to find out. I mean, you get to find out. Hell, Zeke sitting out may save you a whole lot of money. You ain't got to pay that Dak no $23, 24000000 million a year. No. Because you find out. Is he the franchise guy? Or is he just a game manager? Many people argued that the Des Bryant declined so dramatically because Dak can't throw a good football. Hmm. Interesting. Wouldn't it be nice to find out if he's worth paying? Then you got Amari. Just gave up a first round pick for Amari Cooper. You have to pay him. You can't let him walk. If you let Amari walk after you gave up a first round pick so you can pay Zeke $16 million a year, that just sounds like bad business, in my opinion. Now, I may be coming off a little salty here. You may say I sound harsh, how I'm trashing Zeke, how it's not fair. But as I stated in my previous podcast, I have a little PTSD. And this is where the fantasy relevance comes into play. So let me tell you a story. Last year, I had the first pick in the draft. The first pick. I talked to my buddies, my league mates. Who should I take? Who should I pick? Do I take Zeke? Do I take Gurley? Or do I take Le'Veon Bell? At the time, the best running back in the league. Bell. Bell was the answer every time. So what did I do? I took Le'Veon Bell. We drafted about, at max, 
two and a half, three weeks from the start of the season. Because it's important to wait as long as you can. I mean, if you're if you're one of these dumbass leagues drafting back in July, you know, you're making a mistake, especially a redraft. If you're doing a redraft league with your buddies, your friends, your family, and you're drafting that early, you know, your commissioner needs taken out back and beaten, to be honest. But okay. I drafted Le'Veon Bell because of all the goddamn beat riders. Because of all the NFL analysts, your Adam Schefters, your Matthew Berries. Everybody was saying that it was pretty much a lock. That Le'Veon Bell was going to come back. There's no way Le'Veon Bell won't come back. The Steelers have to pay him. He's not going to give up $14 million a year. Money talks, bullshit walks. Yeah. Well, what happened? Hmm? What happened? He sat out. He did not play a single snap last year. And he was my first pick. And my team had the potential to be stacked. Le'Veon Bell... Joe Mixon, I had Mike Evans and Robert Woods. I had a very good football team. I had Jared Goff as my quarterback. I had a good football team. Great, great, great fantasy team. But I'm not going to lie, Le'Veon Bell not coming back every single week, anxiety was rising. I was getting worried. And then about the third game of the season, I pull up my ESPN fantasy app, which I advise everybody listening to switch from and go use the sleeper app. Um, ESPN is just caveman, old, archaic. Don't mess with it. But yeah, pulled up my ESPN app. What do I see? I see a trade where somebody is offering me James Connor. James Conner. I accepted it. No hesitation. I think I gave up Robert Woods. That was fine. I I did have a bench loaded with wide receivers. So I was cool giving Woods up. Bring on James Conner. No lie. No lie. I leave work. On lunch. Go home. Turn on the TV. Who's there? Adam Schefter. What is he reporting? Le'Veon Bell will return before week five. And oh my God, I just picked up Connor, gave up Mike Evans or Robert. I can't remember. No, actually, I think I gave up Evans, not Woods. So now I'm freaking out. I'm like, man, Connor's going to be useless when Bell comes back, right? So I'm freaking out. Adam Schefter's telling me Bell's coming back. I got to get ahead of this thing. I got to find somebody to trade someone for Connor. I got to get off my team. I got to get some type of value for Connor. So I start putting feelers out. I'm asking for players. I'm, I actually tried to trade him back to Matt and get Evans back. I'm like, bro, my bro, Bell ain't coming back. You made a mistake. No, wasn't having it. I mean, I even 
tried to trade, I think, even before Mari Cooper got, yeah, yeah, week five, week four, I think is when this went down, maybe week three. Yeah, I was trying to get Amari, you know, while he was still in the Raiders. Well, what did I end up doing? I traded Connor, James Connor. Who did I trade him for? Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. Because Le'Veon Bell, on whether or not he was going to come back, and I'm sitting there in the league at like one and two at this point, had me so shook. I end up getting his backup who had an incredible season and trading him. So what's the moral of the story? Well, number one, the moral of the story is these beat writers, these analysts, they may do this for a living, but when they try and tell you insider information on what a player is and is not going to do, unless they are hearing that from the player themselves, you need to ignore it. When it comes to drafting, especially if you're not waiting till the end of the last preseason game to draft. Right now I'm hearing Zeke's 100% going to be there week one. I was just watching Pardon the Interruption and, you know, Mike Wilbon's saying, yeah, the Cowboys should be concerned, but, you know, Zeke's going to be back. Everybody's thinking Zeke's going to be back. We don't know that. Now, if you take him in the first round and he does come back, hell, you're set. But a fantasy draft is all about mitigating risk. I won't touch Zeke. Not unless he falls to like the fifth round and then maybe I'll swing the bat on him. But I have the sixth pick in our draft. I ain't touching him. I don't care if he comes back. I don't care if he falls to me. First round, sixth pick. I will not draft him. I won't. I'm not dealing with that again. I refuse. That may be stupid. You should not have PTSD. But I do. I'm not dealing with it. I'm not drafting Melvin Gordon. Even if he does get traded. I don't want to deal with him going to a new team. This this close to season. It's just not something I'm willing to put up with. And neither should you. Neither should you. I don't, I don't care what the beat writers are saying. I will say that if Zeke continues to hold out the time you draft, go ahead and pick up Tony Pollard late. He's the uh, projected um, backup. He was the backup for Daryl Henderson at Memphis. Had about 600 yards rushing, 600 yards receiving, 10 touchdowns in his last year. It's because the bulk of the carries were taken by Daryl Henderson. Um, but Mari Cooper came out, a man who uh, knows Alvin Kamara personally, and said Tony Pollard... Pollard reminds him a ton of Alvin Kamara. Now, he's not going to produce like Kamara, no. But he's going to be a guy that's going to come in, catch a couple balls, run it 10 times, maybe get a touchdown. Hell, I'll take that in the 10th round, won't you? But that's just kind of something I've been wanting to get off my chest. I've been The, the Zeke Gordon drama is everywhere. Both sides have a fantastic point. Like I stated previously, you can pay him and it's the right decision. You cannot pay him and it's it's the right decision. Um, if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm not paying him, but I'm also 28. Dude's like 90, 
So, um, but yeah, that's my take. Um, please, please, please find us on Twitter. Uh, it's GNC underscore FF. Um, please, please subscribe. Find us on YouTube. Uh, share it with your friends. We appreciate all the support. Um, peace.